Hello and welcome to the Kitty Talks podcast. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, serial entrepreneur, success and business coach, and I'm the co-creator of the Network for Transformational Leaders. Each week, I interview top thought leaders who are changing the world. This podcast will show you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma program. This seven-week online program will help you let go of anything holding you back and unlock your greatest potential. We've now had over 80 women and three very evolved men go through the program with incredible results. The next time I'm launching my program will be May next year, 2020. And at the moment, there is an early bird price of £395. That will go up to £595 in April. So if you're interested in joining us, go to www.doyourdharma.co.uk. Now, without further ado, I will see you on the other side. And welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me a gentleman who is a very gifted writer, author. He wrote this amazing book, which I thoroughly encourage you to go and buy. It's called A Curious Year in the Great Vivarium Experiment. And I will get him to explain that title. But it's a fantastic book all about the power of gratitude, intention and surrender and trust. And I read it and I just knew that we had to get Tim on the podcast. So Tim, welcome to Kitty Talks. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. And I am sure we're going to have a wonderful conversation. (laughs) So, I, <laughs> so for my listeners, would you mind just sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world currently? Well, I um, about three and a half years ago, I left the uh, the corporate world. Um, a little earlier than that, I got an opportunity to ghostwrite a blog for somebody, and then this person fell behind on their book deal and uh, asked me if I wanted to help write their book. So. I actually quit my nine to five and I jumped all in on that. And um, when I was done with that, uh, that took about six months. And when I was done, I asked him if you could go anywhere to finish a book, where would you go? And he said, San Miguel de Ande, Mexico. So I moved down to Mexico to finish uh, my book. And I've kind of been in between Seattle and Mexico since. And um, so for the past three and a half years, I've been making my living as an author a ghostwriter and uh, a writing coach. Fantastic. And have you always known that you wanted to be an author, a writer? I, I, I have. I mean, I have since I was about 17. That's when I first started keeping a journal. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's nature or nurture. You know, I, I'm, my father was a World War II Purple Heart veteran. I came, be, I came late in my parents' life. Surprise, you're not retiring anytime soon. And my closest sibling was, is nine years older. So, you know, maybe all that time, it was almost like being an only child at some points. And Mm. there was this, actually it was uh, Sunday, September 29th, 1991. Um, It was like, I was 17 and I 
kind of was like in love with this, like puppy love with this girl. And that same weekend, sort of a fellow soccer player, not somebody I knew really well, but like walked off the bus and dropped dead. And for whatever reason, the love and the death, wow. that night I got in my bed and I got a notebook and I just started journaling. And I probably have 55 journals wow. of my life on paper since. Amazing. Little madness, crazy or madness, who knows? Yeah, well, that's fantastic. And so it sounds to me like you you were channeling or right, just processing your emotions like through your journals. Yeah, I mean, that's really, you know, I, I think that's really it, you know? I mean, I was thinking about this maybe this morning and it's just, you know, our emotions, our thoughts, they're all energy. And this body, this vessel is the expression of that energy and and we do it in art or communication or creations. And so I don't know, for me, it just kind of, it just happened that, that, that was, I needed to get these things out of me and understand my place in the world. And it's still the way I process, you know, my life and the world. And no matter what I do, like I'm kind of at this crossroads, like, what do I do next? And I mean, it doesn't matter because I'm going to be writing one way or the other, you know, it's like, am I going to be able to be writing full time or, or do something else? But, you know, I, it's, it's now my, my nature. So it's, it's how my brain is wired. Mm. And when did you know you wanted to turn the journaling into a career? I mean, it was, it was always since I was like 17, I, I, you know, it was like, despite all of this fear and doubt and not being it taking years to call myself a writer or an artist um there was this deep voice deep down that was like well why not me i mean somebody's got to be the voice of a generation not saying that i am that i mean i aspire to be that or at least like uh you know one little tiny voice um but uh you know i even after i was even at that young age, I kind of, I was a deeper thinker than I think my contemporaries. And Mm. at that age, I knew like the next frontier was the internal frontier. Like we were on the brink of a spiritual revolution. Like I look at my journals and I was writing about that when I was like 18 years old. Wow. And, um, you know, I don't know how or where that came, that came from. I mean, I do know, you know, I grew up in like sort of a very Catholic upbringing my parents were you know towards the end of their life daily mass type person you know but then at some point um I was a philosophy major and you know maybe one time I took some mushrooms and that opened up my consciousness (laughs) to like you know the universal oneness that actually totally shifted my perspective and I was like I, I think it really kind of was a pivotal point to to um put me on this other path because sort of where I grew up from in New Jersey it was like the path was like, you know, going to this prep school, to this college, to yeah, Wall Street. Yeah, what we're or, all told to do is get a good job, yeah, get well, a good education and yeah. get, pay bills. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was trying to fit into that world for many years um, and it either spit me out or I spit myself out. And, mm. you know, I was just, I would freelance for a while and then I would take off to travel and create, whether that was like my buddy and I doing our own like spoof travel show in Europe or me volunteering at an orphanage in Tanzania or 
or when my mom passed away buying a one-way ticket to India, which is mm. the genesis of this book, mm. the inciting incident, as I like mm. to call it. Well, I've obviously, I've read your book. And so it's, cause I, I don't, it's not, it's not about you, but it is about you, if that makes sense. So it's kind mm. of based on your life, but not, it's kind of, there's a fictional license to it, wasn't there? Like from, yeah. what, from what you say, but one of the things I'd love to talk about, because it's something I really got, was influenced by, and I know um, from your book that you, you really struggled with it too, is like, we, we're so, it's so in built in our culture that we should live a certain way, that we should, like you just said, go to school, go to college, go to Wall Street, get married, have babies, have children, you know, and it, there's... Because I, I was never that person either. Like I got spat out by the system and I didn't fit in and I didn't understand why it felt so uncomfortable. And and I think it's difficult for people because if we're not the archetype of the get married, settle down types, then, you know, we can mm. struggle. And of course, I think being creative that like that you are, you're potentially on a different path and no one really talks about that. So I'd just love for you to talk to our audience about how you found your way through that, really. Well, I mean, if I had a formula, I would be a millionaire. Um, you know, it's just, and I'm really struggling with it a little bit right now. Um, I kind of, I feel like I've lived, we first talked um, in like late May, mm. mid-May, central mm. Portugal in the middle of this giant expansion, traveling through Europe and then, something happened and I had to come back to Seattle and I wasn't planning. And every time I come back to Seattle, I go through this like massive contraction. Um, I think it's just like a different, I've outgrown like the frequency of this place. Mm -hmm. And, um, but you know, I, I can't say that I've ever had a plan. Um, I mean, I do have a plan of like where I want to get and everything, but it's just, I think you just have to have the courage to keep following that path and keep taking that step every day. Mm. And the hardest thing for me, my whole book is about surrender and trust. And I'm in this whole new space right now of going through that again. It's like, you know, people will talk to me and be like, but you're the master of this. You wrote this book. Look at how everything unfolds in your life. But when you're in the, the shit, as a, you know, as a, yeah. like contraction and you can't let the magic in. And I've just kind of, I think in the last like, two days sort of it's almost like a fever break or something you know it's like oh, okay I can start to breathe again and I've been, I've been thinking I just started like writing down some notes um, about for possibly a new essay and and it's really like this is what it feels like to be in the chrysalis you know a, mm. a caterpillar becoming a butterfly you are in this pressure chamber mm. and you know there, there's it's adjusting the form and function of your entire life and you just have to sit it out and wait it through and, and trust this natural process. Mm. It's like, you know, in the beginning of the book, you know, there's this like note from my mother and I'll just use me. I mean, it's, it's Thomas, it's fictionalized. There's some distance, but it's like, you know, my mom said like, you know, something about like, it's, nobody ever said it was going to be easy, you know, you'd like, but you got to trust and you got to just move forward. And so that's kind of what I've, what I've always done. You know, I just, I do what I do, which is I write. And I mean, 
at some point I was like, I want to, you know, I started doing Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and I was like, I want to create a mentor. And I mean, I, I got an opportunity to, to work with him. Mm. And, um, you know, when I think about it, you know, I've, I've now like either edited or ghostwritten or helped write um, books for two New York Times bestselling authors in this field of sort of transformation. And, you know, and when, when I can step out of my own whatever I'm in and look at the bigger picture, like it appears that there is some divine sort of hand at play to, first of all, for me to learn from these incredible spiritual teachers and then also for me to be able to use my skills to amplify their message. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, for anybody that is sort of on the path or, or searching, I mean, I think you just have to keep asking the questions and keep moving forward. And, you know, is there more, what's next? Show me like, Beautiful. have a, have a communication with this, the universe, because it is actually interactive and, and malleable to your will and who you're be, and who you are being. Brilliant. And I think, can you talk our listeners through that? Because what, what you do in the book, which I think is beautiful, and I've totally adopted it because I just love it, is uh, at the you write your intention. So you write basically what you're grateful for. So could you just explain that process? Because I think it's a fantastic way for people to create what they want to happen in their life. Well, you know, when my mom passed away, I had a, basically a decade of sick parents. They, they were bookended by a decade of sick parents. My dad was like, had lung cancer, died in like 2004, but was sick for a while. And, and unbeknownst to me, my mother was, because I was living on the West Coast and my family was on the East Coast. And um, my mother was just deteriorating rapidly from um, a Parkinson's, dementia, you name it, whatever. And um, so you think you're like prepared for your parents' death. But then when it happens, I wrote in the book, like when your parents die, it's like a tornado or a tsunami sweeps through your life. And no matter how hard you try to rebuild, something intangible is lost forever. So I thought I was ready for this and it just rocked my world. And I was super lost. And um, a friend of my sister's is like an energy healer. And, you know, we had the, like we had a session, you know, just talking and she's like, OK, you're a writer. Yeah, I want you to do five. Th- I want you to do this exercise. I want you to write down five things you're grateful for and five things you want to create. Mm -hmm. And you're going to find that the things you create today are going to be the things you're grateful for in the future. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of like, I'll try anything at this point. So, you know, I went and got like a $2 notebook and I just started writing down things. And, you know, at the time I wasn't working and it was, I was like, all right, I surrender money, everything. I just want the right job for right now, a cool team. I mean, that, that showed up in like, a week after two and a half months of not working or something like that. And, you know, I was like, I knew I was going to take off to travel. And I was like, you know, I want an income while I'm traveling. I want to volunteer. And so I, this right job at the right time was supposed to be a three month contract. It turned into a six month contract. Um, These are the things you can't see in the present moment Mm. when you just have to surrender. And, um, at the end of the six months, my boss was like, he pulled me aside. He's like, Hey, would you be interested in working 10 to 20 hours a week while you're traveling? And I was going to India for three months and I was like, hell yeah, I would. So I went to India and I was making money and, um, 
when I came back, well, I had miles, so I flew through Seattle. Um, I, I, I came to surprise my family for a family reunion, and then I flew through Seattle. And when I was in Seattle, I stopped at the office again. And my boss just pulled me aside, and he's like, hey, man, come here. He's like, just bill me for 30 hours a week for the last three months of your contract. So I went back to Europe. So I went back to Asia, and I was getting paid at like a U.S. salary, 30 hours a week. And then I was working with a friend of mine as his photographer assistant, and he was paying me 500 bucks a week, free room, booze board, business hotels. And I'm like, you know, just a backpacker. And as far as like wanting to be of service, I wound up volunteering for this guy I got connected to. And he, he like owned an eco ashram. And I'm like, I don't even know what the hell an eco ashram is, but sure, I'll do it. You know, and um, turns out he's like India's, if not one of the world's most important environmental lawyers. I thought I was keeping floors and I was like writing grants for him. And I just got to tail, you know, this guy for two months, like one of the most extraordinary human beings I've ever met. You know, this American scientist called him the most important uh, lawyer in India since Gandhi. Mm. He like through the state of India, created a green zone around the Taj Mahal. And I mean, I think it's, I think it's a lot easier to be in that space of magic and flow when you're traveling mm. because yep the state of travel is a state of surrender. Mm, so, yeah. um, but I have to say I've, I've used, I used your process. Like I was, when I was reading your book, I was writing down. So I would be writing down the things I was grateful for. And then I'd write the things that what I wanted to happen and what I thought was really fascinating. And this is what I talk about in Dharma. So you set an intention, you take action towards it, and then you have no tension, intention, attention, no tension. Mm, and what yeah. I found with your process was it worked beautifully because I'd at night I'd just sit, get in this beautiful energy of what I was grateful for, again high vibration, and then I'd work out what the things that I would like wanting to create. So one of them I was having a wellness lunch, and I wanted ten women to come to the lunch, and then I'd forget <laughs> basically what I'd written down. Yeah. And I'd, go about what I was doing and then the universe always likes to pay tricks on us I remember having all these women cancel for my lunch and then anyway long story short the day of the lunch we got 10 women and I looked back through my journal and I was like okay this you know it's working and time after time but what I loved was I think it's that whole you're in a beautiful energy of the gratitude and then you're setting your intentions but ultimately you're letting them go that surrender again um, and yeah. you're trusting you're trusting the universe has your back and it worked time and time and time I don't know why I've stopped doing it I'm going to start doing it again but it yeah. worked time and time again it was beautiful yeah doc, Dr. Joe Dispenza would say gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership mm. uh, and uh, yeah I mean I, I still do it almost every day I've been doing it since like October 2010 um, and now I'm, I'm getting I mean, I'm pretty blown away. I'm like getting letters from people around the world and telling me that they're doing this. I mean, I never would have imagined that or, and and telling me all the things that they're like creating and manifesting. And I'm like, wow. All right. This is cool. Excellent. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah. But I know what you're saying about being, when you're traveling, you're kind of in that naturally surrendered place. Whereas when you're static and you're living in your house, it's less, (laughs) the environment is less, but I think it still still works. Yeah, I mean, you just have to kind of raise your energy to that to an, another level. I think. I mean, 
I'm coaching myself right now, you know, being <laughs> in this sort of static environment of Seattle that I'm not sure I necessarily fit into anymore, but like I am, I am settling into it and I have to rise above it. I mean, that is energy is, you know, as we know, like it is the creative force of the universe and it is ruling everything. It is ruling the seen and the unseen world. So and I think that just thinking, reflecting on it a little bit more, because I think when you travel, you generally tend to go towards the most, because I, I always talk about following your highest excitement. So there's a formula that, that is to, when you follow your highest excitement to the best of your ability with no expectation on, on the outcome, you're walking the optimal path in life. And that excitement, like the gratitude is a really high vibration. And so even though it's not uh, logical in the sense of you might like I know with your trip like you were you would you go to a waterfall or you'd go you'd just go where you felt called but actually what you were doing was following that excitement in the moment yeah. and of course what was happening was the right people were turning up and I love the story about the party and you got randomly invited to that party after you you know because that, that was all beautiful synchronicity as well yeah yeah that was crazy mm. uh, I just I I landed in New Delhi without a plan or a clue. I bought a one-way ticket to India. I didn't even have a lonely planet. The first two days, I was just in my, like, jet-lagged as hell in my hotel room, like, what have I done? This is the worst, you know, the worst decision I've ever... Oh, it was terrible. And then, you know, one email changed everything and launched the trip. And, you know, it was... When I think back, I'm like, how the hell did I have the courage to do that? I remember having, like, practically a breakdown. I think I wrote about it in the book, like on the way to the airport, I was just like, what am I doing? Why am I leaving this great life behind in Seattle? Um, what am I trying to prove? Why am I doing this? And, but really, I mean, that, that, and most of the stuff I have actually done has been for my art, you know, cause I knew at a young age when I was in high school, like reading Joyce and Steinbeck and, I, maybe college Jack Kerouac or something. I was like, if I want to have an interesting life and uh, write about interesting things, I have to have interesting life experiences. So mm. that has really been the, the focal point. I mean, to the detriment of, you know, like a steady career and sometimes relationships. And yeah, I was just listening to this podcast with uh, Oprah and Maya Angelou you know, this morning and she was saying something about like to be really excellent at something you have to sacrifice, mm. you know, I, I don't want to think that I want to think more positively, but you know, maybe it shouldn't, you know, think like, Oh, maybe it shouldn't be that hard, but, but really like you, if you want to be excellent at something, you, you kind of have to be doing more than the next person. Mm. And it's not about the other person though. It's about, you know, becoming the best of your ability. And like, I'm always just, you know, the way I experience the world is through words and through language. And so I am always kind of churning, you know, I look at something and I'm like, how can I describe that? You know? And so in that sense, it's become hardwired in me, but um, I don't even know what we were talking about that. That's just kind of, well, I, th I the point I took from it was very much how if you're going to be an interesting, amazing writer, then you have to have an interesting, amazing life. And I think, you know, what the parallels are is I think when we're trailblazers, when we, and I, you know, I'm all about 
dharma, which is fulfilling our highest potential, the right path of action. And that, and that is all about us becoming, unlocking our potential and becoming the highest and best version of ourselves. And that pushes you out your comfort zone because you can't stay safe. You can't stay in the Seattle niche or in the kind of, you know, you have to grow and what you're doing is pushing yourself in in a way that's making you grow. But at the same time, like you said, you're becoming an incredible writer. I think you're already an incredible writer because I've read your book. Um, yeah. yeah. But for people listening, you know, for you to do your Dharma, it isn't the safe path, but it's the most rewarding path you can ever take. Like I think. Yeah. I've been uh, on my website, which is a curious under like the blogs essay tab, I've, I've kind of been sort of chronicling this journey that I lived in Mexico for like eight, eight months or something like that. And, um, you know, I, I, I sometimes have to reread myself because when I get into these sort of spaces of contraction, like actually last night, I, I wound up uh, listening to this podcast. Like I was like listening to this podcast I did sort of right when I got to Mexico and, or, or actually it's a whole long story, but I was listening to it and, you know, when you get into this, these spaces of contraction, you feel like, oh my God, you know, this is it, this is over. But then when you can ascend that and look at it from a higher level, it's like, oh, evidence in life shows that this is just part of the wave and this is part of the transformation. And I mean, I think before we started talking the last two days, I, I was away in Portland for a couple of days and spent some time with family and friends. And, um, you know, when I got back, I just took this long walk and I was thinking about being, you know, in, in the chrysalis, the, the, the butterfly becoming the, the caterpillar and, um, Gosh, I think we, I think I already said this. I don't know if we said this in this conversation or before we started, but um, it's just so. I'm going to have to spend. Some, I'm looking forward to articulating this. Right now, it's just sort of amorphous ideas and stuff like that. But um, yeah, again, it's just. I think it's having faith. It's having the faith, that, isn't that, it? That is it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're in that period of, I don't know what's happening and I don't know why this is happening. And, you know, especially if it's the dark patch, you know, and maybe something is a bit more challenging. It's having the trust and faith that there is a higher order and a higher reason to it. Yeah. Um, and so we don't get stuck. Yeah. My sister um, said something really profound to me. And, you know, I always, you read the book mm-hmm. and I actually, let me ask you a question. What, when you were 17, did, did you have a dream of what you wanted to do? Um, only to be like a, a sport or adventure teacher to take okay. people out and have adventures. Like I was big into sports and outdoors and leading people. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you've read, I, I find it to be such a pivotal age because you have this passion of youth and everything. And there is between you and your dream, there is no static because you don't have enough life experience to like 
create that static and like knock, you know, knock you off your center. And, you know, my sister pointed out, like you write about the dream of the 17 year old, you talk about it in your podcasts and stuff like that, but you've actually achieved the dream of the 17 year old. Like what's next? You have to redefine your vision now. Like what is the dream of the 45 year old self, you know? And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I need to step out of, out of that kind of whatever that energy is. It's like roaming the world, curiosity. Like now I want like stability, more stability and everything. Like I've already done all that. And like now I've done all that. I've collected the stories. I have the wisdom. And now I want to, you know, this is in my mind, this is the first of at least three or four, like a series of books about the evolution of consciousness really um and and the awakening and what transformation looks and feels like and it's not a linear path it is like it's falling down it's falling you know it's actually falling forward if you are if you can trust yourself you are falling forward but it's not a linear path and the only thing that we all the only thing that we all share is the internal experience of life mm. We're all connected into this field of energy and consciousness. Mm. Yeah, and I think once you start to do this work, that it's that's it for life. Now you know you're you've woken up. You realize yeah. that everything's interconnected, and actually, there's more and more layers of this stuff that you just have to keep going through. Um, but I love what you said about the next stage of your vision. So, so what is the next stage of your vision? You've already done some amazing things. You're a published author. You've worked for the, some, to- and we have to give ourselves credit because I think as human beings, we're so, we, we're like, um, I was talking to my Dharma group the other day and I was saying, you you tend to sort of like a goldfish, you know, you're trying to get used to the water you're in. So if you look oh, back, if you look back, you know, you're now a published author, you have worked with some, you know, top personal development gurus, um, you've traveled the world, you know, so give yourself credit for where you come from, but what's next? Like what's the next evolution? So tell me about that. I mean, I, I self-published this book for a variety of reasons and synchronicities and serendipities. And um, it's been a year and, you know, I've sold more books than a traditionally published book. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm sort of on the hunt for um, an agent and uh, I'm pretty, you know, one of my favorite podcasters, Mark Maron is like, the only, the only time you start to make money is when people figure out how to make money off of you. But um, you know, you, you, that's, you need sort of sometimes that industrial complex to launch you to the, to the next level. So You know, I would like, I mean, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I would like the book to become a movie. A friend of mine, I was out with the drinks last night. He's like, hey man, do you want me to text uh, my buddy who's like the head of Amazon Studios or something like that? And I was like, sure, why not? I mean, because you you said it and I I think it could be a very good movie. Like, and and when I wrote it, I had that sort of, you know, I I wrote it with that kind of in mind, which is why I made certain choices I, I also made, but um, you know, I, I want to be able to get my, I want to be able to get my message out bigger and wider and I want to inspire people and help wake them up and live better lives. Um, I want creative freedom. I mean, there's a couple opportunities. I'm, I'm just like sitting and waiting kind of 
playing this time game, but there's, um, there's an opportunity to work on a book with the guy who's pretty, who has a pretty interesting story, uh, of awakening and another guy, um, I think it was right after I talked to you, um, <laughs> this guy and I had been talking for about four months about working on a book. And when we got to the financials, it was way lower that I was like, I'm sorry, I, I can't live on that. I can't even entertain that. And then he's like, all right. At some point he was like, he's like, I'm going to um, throw some skin in the game if you're up for little risk. I was like, okay, what's that? He's like, I'm going to fly you to Portugal and we're going to meet for three days and see if we want to work together. And, um, you know, either we start working right then or you're on your own from there. And I was like, okay. So that was kind of the reason why, one of the reasons why I was in Europe. So he changed it at the last minute. We met on the coast of France and then um, drove through the Pyrenees to the Mediterranean in France. So I went on this road trip with this stranger, basically. Um, and, you know, he staying, staying at like four-star hotels, like Michelin, Michelin uh, restaurants. And um, he's like, I just want you to write, I just want you to write a story about it that I can use for my, my own PR and, and we'll use this as a litmus test. So anyway, you know, being a writer and not one short on words, I wound up writing this 22 page story about this journey. He loved it. And he's like, Oh my God, I could totally see this as a movie. And so there's that. And then there's actually a possibility of working on a film that would become a TV series in Mexico. They're like trying to source the funding down there right now. Um, so I'm just trying to, you know, hold on and trust and, but I want to get into, I want, I almost, actually, I've never articulated this, but I, I kind of want my writing to be sort of my side gig, my personal writing, like what I do on the side, like, because I really kind of miss that team, you know, that team collaboration thing. And I've always thought I wanted to be, you know, working on a film or something. And actually, one more thing I just in meditation the other day, download an idea that would be like a show, my own show actually on Gaia TV. And I mean, I have a connection there. So I just kind of wrote up, I have two proposals. Um, haven't done anything with them yet, but um, it's, it's interesting hearing myself talk because, you know, yeah, this is all just like living between these two temples. You know? So, so my challenge to you then, Tim, is you've got a lot right there's a lot that you want to do get really clear and get clarity and for our listeners okay this is what we do with dharma get clear because you're a radio signal and what you put yeah. out in the world comes back so if we're fuzzy in the sense of oh i think i want this or i want that or i'm not sure i don't want this or we're if we're a little bit woolly in the sense of we don't know exactly what our vision is then that's kind of what we're putting out so it's good to have irons in the fire, definitely, don't get me wrong. But I think I, the way I would get you to look at it would be when you wake up, what does, what's your day look like? You know, how, what are you doing for that? You know, where are you living? Who's what's beside you? You know, kind of, do you get up and exercise? Do you get up and swim? And then write from that place as if you're there and, and yeah. also see what comes, comes through as well. Um, because when we do that, it's, it's, I've done it so many times and it's worked beautifully. Like when yeah. I was manifesting my partner or when I've, well, the life I live now was my, was my previous kind of 
you know, day in the life of, and I'm out. The, ne- the next one's like a bigger jump. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I'm, I'm, re- I'm ready for that next jump. And um, I am often, there is this fine line between, you know, intention yeah. and then leaving room for the unknown. Absolutely. You know, and, and maybe, I leave, maybe I leave too much room for the unknown. One of my, my, one of my mentors in San Miguel de Ande, Mexico, where I was living, She's like, she said the same thing as you. She's like, you are clearly a powerful generator. Look at all these things that show up in your life, but they're not exactly what you want. I mean, they are like little aspects of what you want, which is why you have to keep drilling down and refining, 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 refining that, that dream and vision you have, um, whether that is in your mental rehearsal and meditation or writing it down or the gratitude and intention journal, but it's like, it's a continuous um, process of refinement. I, I, wouldn't you say? Mm. It, it's such a tricky one because it's like, you're totally right. You get the clarity, but then ultimately you've got to let it go. Yeah. It, so it's kind of such a fine line because you do need to know what you want and not how you're going to get it because you block it. Um, but then you ultimately, so what I tend to do is I tend to have a book where I like, a, a, I can't draw, but I have a big book where I draw what I want in my life to look like. And then I just put it away. And then every now and again, I go and add to it. You know, um, my husband yeah. and I, I'll tell you what we're manifesting. Cause obviously we're putting it out. Cause again, I believe by putting it out in the world, it's like speaking it into existence, but we have like a mini retreat center that we've built here when our, with our house and in the gardens, we've got barns and we're just turning the, um, barn into a yoga studio but it feels wow. like well this feels like a warm-up Tim I think we're kind of you know then the next level of that will be a bigger version and so that's what we're now pulling in but I've you know we did I, the work on uh, it and put, put it away you know yeah um it's but like write it down close the book at, forget about it it's done. Yeah. But while yeah. while we've got all these wonderful people listening to you, because we do have about 10,000 people that listen to this podcast. So um, if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard what Tim is looking for. Let's put it, let's use the universe. So if you're an agent I, or anybody connected to the publishing industry, I really recommend you read this book because it's bloody good <laughs> and you won't be able to put it down. And I, um, I don't really read fiction. I'm a bit of a personal development junkie. And I just love this because it's on my wavelength because obviously it's like spirituality and all the things I'm into. And I think I read it, you know, like a few days just because I couldn't put it down. So, you know, if you're out there and you can help Tim with his book deal or with a writing gig or something amazing, then please get in touch with him. And how can people find you, Tim? Um, Well, first of all, that's the ultimate compliment. So thank you. Since since I was like 17 years old, I imagined people, when I wrote this book, like just not being able to put it down and consuming it like on an airplane or staying up late at night. And, I, you know, I've gotten letters from people and they're like, you kept me up till two o'clock in the morning last night. So, and people have like been binged through it. And one of my readers, you know, I, I was like, I want to be synonymous with Cheryl Strayed and Elizabeth Gilbert and like, one of my readers reached out to me. Um, she was like sitting with her mom who had Alzheimer's and dementia. And she's like, I can't put your book down. She reached out 12, 12 hours later. You never forget your first. Um, she was like, I read the whole book in one sitting. Uh, Elizabeth Gilbert is a friend of mine. I'm sending her, her your book. 
And then I have another connection I didn't even know about to Cheryl Strayed. And so somebody sent my book to Cheryl Strayed. But, you know, these are, I'm sure they get like 10,000 books, you know, every week to check out. But I mean, I guess that's a, that's a positive thing. But, you know, as far as getting a hold of me, um, my website is acuriousyear.com. And um, you can, there's a beautiful book trailer that was filmed in India. And my nephew scored the music and he's also created a soundtrack. So we're, we're looking to, to, to get the, a music deal with him too, as well. Um, so imagine that movie with an original soundtrack uh, and created within the same family. Um, but yeah, a curious year.com check out my, um, my essays. Uh, they're kind of the big ideas, some of the big ideas for what I think will be in my fourth book. And um, you know, I'm really kind of, moving deeper and deeper into consciousness and the idea of I am and surrender and trust. And, um, so yeah, that's, uh, and if you ever, you know, I also do ghostwriting and, and, uh, coaching, which is under the services tab. Cool. So there you have it. You, you can get hold of Tim. We'll have all of his details in the show notes. Um, but for all of you listening, don't give up on your dreams. Okay. Like, they don't necessarily come when we want them to or expect them to. And I think that's the beauty of it, that the universe will serve and deliver what we believe we're worth, but also it will give it to us when we least expect it. So hang in there. Um, let me know what you thought of this podcast and please do connect with the wonderful Tim. Thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed our conversation and I'm, I'm glad we finally met and connected. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time with another amazing guest on Kitty Talks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Kitty Talks podcast. I do hope you've enjoyed this solo cast or this guest this week. I try and interview the most amazing people so you guys can really get some insight into how you can build amazing lives in alignment with your soul. If you haven't already, come over and follow me on Instagram, kitty underscore talks, and I'm also on Facebook. And we have a free Facebook community, so why not come and join us?